0: Welcome to the Pacific Forest Foundation's Talking Timber, where each week you meet the professionals behind the Northwest timber industry. Hi, and welcome. I'm Diane Mettler, Executive Director of the Pacific Logging Congress, and host of Talking Timber. In this first episode of Talking Timber, we will be speaking to Becky Rowe, Director of Forest Health at Shasta College. She's gonna talk to us about the amazing forest program they have at Shasta. In the meantime, I wanna thank our sponsors the Pacific Logging Congress, and the Pacific Forest Foundation, both promoting sound, technical forest education through projects like this podcast. This year, the Pacific Forest Foundation will be awarding over $20,000 in scholarships. To find out more about the organization, visit www.pacificforestfoundation.org. We also want to thank our sponsor, Timberwest Magazine. The publication is packed with valuable and useful job stories on successful mechanized harvesting plus wood processing techniques. For more information, visit www.forestnet.com. Okay, now let's hear from Becky Rowe.
1: My name is Becky Rowe, and I am the Director of Forest Health at Shasta College in my, in my current role here. Uh, within the forest sector. I actually started, um, came from private industry. I worked for Sierra Pacific Industries at their main office in Anderson, California, Northern California. Um, And I worked in a workforce development and communications role. Um, I'm born and raised in Shasta County. So while I actually grew up um, in more of an agricultural family, and my dad is in the cattle business, still just growing up here, you're kind of surrounded by, by the forest sector. And as you, you know, as a kid, I remember the timber wars. I remember those things, but you know, they weren't, um, they weren't really pressing on, on like my family, but my parents had a lot of friends that worked on the mills and worked, you know, there was, There's a lot of impact that was just felt throughout the community. Um, And then as you get older and you start connecting the dots and you start understanding, you know, kind of what drives these rural economies and and then really start understanding where it is that we live um, and kind of in the center of California's, you know, industrial timber basket, if you will. Um, you really start to understand the impact um, of what the forest sector brings, um, not just in the jobs that it brings from a direct line of wood products manufacturing. And so, you know, working at Sierra Pacific, I had the opportunity to learn a lot about that. Yeah. Um, but also you start to understand that um, all of the, you know, kind of additional support um pieces of the economy that go, that go hand in hand with uh, the forest sector and and not just timber, not just industrial timber, but the importance of healthy forest management and what that means from a tourism perspective, when you live in an area like ours and oh, yeah. the recreation values and, and how all of those things are all tied together um, in economic and workforce development and um, throughout our entire region. How did you start work then at Shasta College? What was the move there? So Yeah, so when I was with Sierra Pacific, um, part of my role was working with our local community colleges wherever we had, uh, wherever Sierra Pacific had. Uh, operations you know were had had mills and had manufacturing facilities or had forest land and um, working with the local community colleges and high schools and doing workforce development and seeing how sierra pacific could partner with those community colleges to support through advisory committees um, support through other um, means in kind of um, helping to develop and expand their forestry and natural resources, Um, offerings and pathways at those colleges. So Mm -hmm. in doing that, um, I had relationships here at Shasta College that had been developed. Really, when I was working initially for Sierra Pacific with Shasta College, I was really looking more at the manufacturing side of things, uh, manufacturing side of workforce, working with the welding programs and machining programs and kind of advanced manufacturing programs at Shasta College, but um, I had colleagues at Sierra Pacific that were very engaged with the existing heavy equipment, um, so like heavy equipment construction, what we call yellow equipment, um, a lot of cats out there, um, that were on those advisory committees, because they had a vested interest in, you know, seeing those parts of the sector, um, having the workforce that they needed. uh, So that is, uh, as a landowner, uh, such as Sierra Pacific is contracting out the implementation of their timber harvest plans. There is a healthy contractor base to be able to do that work. So, it was through that those conversations, and then through my workforce development role and being pulled into those conversations, mm-hmm. that I started learning more about uh, Shasta College's program and the opportunities, um, and kind of this lofty vision that they had for uh, developing the first of its kind heavy equipment logging operations program. And um, so, through some grant funding and in partnership with uh, a local. Fall River Resource Conservation District um, that had some grant opportunities with Cal Fire Forest Health Grants. Uh, we put in, or Shasta College put in, in partnership, when I say we, at that time, I was on the other side of the table. Yeah. I, the part of the we that I was, was with Sierra Pacific, um, developed a proposal and, and, you know, put in as a partner with Fall River Resource Conservation District for $3.2 million to launch a heavy equipment logging operations program. That $3.2 million would buy an initial um, fleet of equipment as well as funding um, faculty, support staff, um, operational costs. You know, it's it's yeah. expensive. Heavy equipment is an expensive program to run. Um, as well as expanding offerings for a very existing, but very small uh, CDL training, truck driving um, training program that Shasta College already had. And, and so sort of expanding that, um, expanding the number of courses that could be offered, as well as taking it into um, some of our farther reaching areas of our of our service district here at Shasta College. So I was familiar with it from the... From the very beginning. Um, but again, it was on the industry side of the table. That sounds like a lot. I think the college very quickly (laughs) realized that this is gonna be a big project to manage. Yeah. And um and while the college has instructional deans that oversee the instructional component and oversee the faculty side um of those programs, uh, they recognized that that this was, you know, kind of a pretty large grant to manage and a pretty large program that was being, um, launched very, very quickly, or we were building the plane as we were flying it. Yeah. Um, and so an opportunity came, uh, came up for me to take a position to step into that role. And, uh, I, but I, I made the leap into higher education and I'm so happy that I did. I still work, very closely with those industry partners um, and I have got to meet so many more and gotten to be, um, have close relationships with a lot of the licensed timber operators, um, you know, a lot of those equipment operators that are really doing that work on the ground and it has just been, it's been amazing, I I love it, I love what we're doing, Um, I love being able to connect those dots for students as well in that. Mm They are entering a pathway that has real impact on forest health, and here in California. You seem optimistic. I'm so optimistic about the future, and yeah. seeing um, the conversation start to shift, and seeing uh, interested stakeholders that um, have not always been um, been able to sit down and and have productive and meaningful conversation about yeah. a way forward and um, now sitting down and doing just that. And there's oh, a lot of partnerships in areas that, um, previously were not necessarily, uh, where you, where you would have typically thought you would, um, you know, kind of create coalitions and, and collaboratives that it, it's just so impressive to see that everyone, everyone has yeah. some agreement. There is some level of agreement that, um, The way of the past is not going to be the way of the future and getting, um, I think, some really transparent and candid feedback from all stakeholders um, into finding the best way forward. So you had this program
0: that you were basically building as you're basically you're flying as you're building the plane in the
1: end. what What did the program end up looking like or what's it look like today? Well, this is actually a really exciting question because we are just getting ready to launch our um, kind of our second version. So, the program as the Heavy Equipment Logging Operations HELO, we call it Mm HELO. As HELO launched our first operating class in the fall of 2019, we were awarded funds. This is how quickly this happened. Funds were notified of award in the summer of 2019 equipment was ordered immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, people were hired and moved into roles to be able to support the development of this program. And we launched the first operating class in fall of 2019. So wow. in about six to eight weeks, they were yeah. able to get equipment on the ground, which supply chain issues today, that would never happen, but it was a different, yeah. it was a different time then, pre-pandemic, right? Um able to get that launched. Uh, the very first operating course had, I believe, like six or seven students, um, okay. that had been in some of the construction equipment and, um, classes. And so they had a real interest in, and, um, you know, kind of some of the faculty were able to say, Hey, we're going to have this opportunity. This is what it would look like if you wanted to take this class. <laughs> and so they were able to do that. And then, um, The actual course was not yet through the total, the curriculum was not yet totally through the community college um, kind of curriculum process to Mm -hmm. be approved. So we were running it as a substitution with another class, which is common. That's kind of how that, you know, that's kind of another way around as you're kind of waiting for those approval processes, which takes about a year for curriculum to be approved. But we had, you know, we had a solution in place so we could still have students operating on the equipment. Now, another key piece of this and what makes it so unique is we are not just operating um, equipment here on the college campus in some sort of static environment, but rather we have um, a partnership and agreement with Sierra Pacific Industries. We have access to about 45,000 acres of just real world timberland um and we are actually working on our training site moves from semester to semester every couple of semesters depending on the location um, but we are actually working on you know active timber harvest plans implementing real treatments on units um, as prescribed in the active thps and we are contracted with sierra pacific in order to do that wow that's neat so in fall 2019, we launched the first course. By the end of the spring semester of 2020, um, that course and the full certificate that supports it, um, was, was the course was approved. The full certificate that supports it was almost ready to be approved. <clears throat> we got that approval, I believe, over summer of 2020 with the first mm-hmm. awards being able to be awarded at the end of the fall 2020 semester. Um, that being said, I I believe there were six or seven students in that first class I started with the college in September of 2019 so I kind of came in okay. after they had the equipment purchased and as they were starting to um, get that class rolling and there was full courses we had two sections so we were offering the class two different times during the week one section is like one offering In the spring 2020 semester, we had two sections and they were both full. We were at about 22 students and between the two, which was super exciting. And then COVID hit. Um, I was going to say, we're kind of getting to a date where you're going to
0: tell me everyone had to go home.
1: Yes. And so everyone had to go home and we were almost at the halfway, actually almost exactly at the halfway point of the semester. And so, I mean, I'm not going to belabor that. I think everybody understands. The impact that that had in so many different ways, um, and so for our students and community college students are not necessarily the typical right out of high school students. We have a lot of adult learners. We have a mm-hmm. lot of people that are reskilling. Um, there, you know, a lot of them have children at home, and so COVID not only meant that it created some challenges obviously just from classes being canceled and instructors trying to figure out what to do. The college, I give so much credit to our administration and executive leadership here at Shasta College because they really did push for the forest sector and this industry and wood products being an essential industry, being, you know, once they kind of, once we kind of got through that first six weeks or so of COVID and we started having some of these guidelines being put out you know, from the federal level and then the Mm -hmm. state level and essential industry, which meant that we were able to make an argument that our training programs, because they're Mm -hmm. serving directly workforce for those essential industries, should be able to um, continue. Um, And so we were able to put protocols in place. We lost that, that second half of that spring semester. But in that intervening summer, the summer of 2020, we were able to complete some of the students, not all of them, oh, but we, we set yeah. up some very intensive summer training time as a makeup mm-hmm. okay. for students specifically that had been in that spring court, you know, in the yeah, those yeah, spring I'm sections that of the course. Semester, yeah. yeah. And so some of them, but it just depended on their on their schedules. Um, you know, and again, like I was Referring back to our students, don't necessarily look like a typical college student population at like a four year or a transfer heavy yeah. sort of school. A lot of times they are working adults and um, they are reskilling. They're upskilling, they're making a change in direction, career path. We work with a lot of restorative justice programs. So um, people that are, um, you know, kind of coming from some sort of right, troubled past. I'm thinking there's an exact term justice involved. That's the word okay, I was looking okay. for. Um justice involved or, you know, formally incarcerated. And so justice involved means it's maybe not just that individual, but they have a close family member or they have, you know, they've been oh, impacted okay, okay. in they've some way. Impacted. Okay. Yeah. And so, um, that is also another, you know, piece of our student population, but a lot of times they have children at home. And so COVID with those K through 12 programs where schools were closed, not closed. Now they're going to be closed. Oh, everyone has to go home for two weeks. And then that really creates a lot of uncertainty for those students trying to then come back into a college program. So that being said, we were able to get some of them back from the spring 2020 semester completed in summer of 2020. And then our fall 2020 courses launched. And we definitely, you know, saw that drop in enrollment. There's yeah. just no way around that. Um, but at that point, we had the full certificate going. We we're ready to launch that. Um, we took advantage, I think, of that time of having a little bit smaller class sizes. So mm-hmm. a little, um, you know, we had, that gave us an opportunity to, kind of tweak some things, work on some things Yeah, it gives um, a little within breathing. the program. Yeah, it gives you a little breathing room. To yeah, exactly. You know, done, we have yeah. the opportunity to, to kind of shift around how the curriculum was being delivered, what sort of training methods we were using. Let's try this, let's try that. What really impacts the best student learning outcomes? Um, our industry partners are just so fantastic. You know, they regularly are out at the training site, which is another beauty of it being up in the woods because that's where they are. And they, everyone, everyone in our region knows where our students are operating. So, you know, they stop by and and check it out. Sometimes they, sometimes they have their eye on a student, like, Hey, when that one's done, I want to know. Oh, cool. Yeah. So we really do. And the students get the benefit of engaging with those industry partners as well. So they get to really kind of get immersed into the culture of what the industry is and then that's really important um for our industry partners I I love it when our industry partners say we have a couple Delbert Gannon with Creekside Logging as is oh I know Delbert yeah yeah so Delbert's like you know he goes sometimes students go into your program and they find out this is not what they want to do and that is just as valuable yes (laughs) yes it is yes it is they're they're figuring it out with us instead Mm -hmm. of being hired by Delbert going through that two months or three months, you know, kind of training probationary period where Delbert is tying somebody up from his crew that's, you know, yeah. limiting their production. Um, and then only to get in a Into it and have that individual, the new hire, say, yeah, this isn't for me. So Delbert's like, we value the fact that you're kind of weeding that out for us at this level Um, so that when we bring a student in from your program, they at least actually know what the work's going to be like. And that is, um, that's really valuable to our industry partners.
0: Hi, we're going to take a quick break to thank our sponsors, the Pacific Forest Foundation and the Pacific Logging Congress. Pacific Forest Foundation is still accepting applications for their scholarships this year. If you or someone you know will be studying in a forestry-related field, find out more at www.pacificforestfoundation.org. Okay, let's hear more about the program from Becky.
1: Right now, we have conventional, you know, kind of a conventional mechanized logging sites. So we have a skitter, we have a loader, a processor, and a hot <coughs> uh, feller buncher with a hot okay. dog. Um, we also have two log trucks and trailers and I'll get into that in just a moment. Um, so that we also have that as an opportunity. So students are actually able to practice loading, um, you know, loading log trucks, um, with the loader, they get to practice, start, you know, some tree, uh, species identification. So they are sorting on the landing um, oh, nice. and that's what they're training on. And they're just, they're getting a foundational understanding. They get some time and all the different pieces of equipment, And they start understanding how that works. They understand how a production crew should operate, what that kind of ballet, that kind of dance looks like. Um, But they are in a training mode. They are never going, we're never going to be at a production scale. Um, You know, if we can get to 15, 20% of production scale by the end of the training period, that's really successful. Um, But our industry partners, though, appreciate the fact that the students have an understanding of what the industry is. We focus on safety, 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 oh, yeah.
0: especially with students.
1: So, yeah, the intent is to then also have a student come out um, of the program and have a respect for and an understanding of safety. That they understand pre, you know, kind of pre-inspection walkarounds arounds. Um, mm-hmm. Like, what are you looking for before you get that machine started? And then what do you do at the end when you're shutting it down? What are kind of those daily steps in keeping the machines healthy and maintained? Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, they just, it's that basic understanding. They're going to go to one of our industry partners, one of our employer partners. They're going to get hired and they're going to start out as an entry level and the, you know, kind of the bottom spot on their crew. They're not going to. They're not going to hire a loader operator out of our program. That's not yeah. going to happen. Um, they're going to have students come out of our program, and they're going to be doing fire watch, fire patrol, and, you know, they're going to probably get some time in the skidder. Um, and then they're just going to start, or they might be driving the, a water tender up and down the roads. Um, we have had students that that's kind of where they land too. and And so it's incumbent upon us to make sure that we are also explaining that to students. And then where we have a real, you know, kind of advantage and benefit is we can also invite our industry partners in to help explain that to students too, because we want students to have a real expectation of what's going to happen um, after they complete the program and and hopefully get hired into the industry. Um, So the log trucks and trailers, that was a piece, we we got a second round of funding from Cal Fire. and that was a piece that was very important to the long-term sustainability of the programs. So one of my big projects that I was working on, spring of 2020, during the middle of COVID, um, was getting Shasta College through everything we needed to get through to be a licensed timber operator in California. And what we found to be the biggest hurdle are, you know, we have people on staff that are experienced operators, and we were able to, to you know, kind of be able to um, demonstrate those levels of experience that we needed to demonstrate for the licensing. Um, But the insurance, getting the loggers broad form insurance was one of our biggest challenges. And we needed to have that in order to, um, you know, complete our licensing and we needed to complete our licensing so that we could utilize um, those log trucks and trailers with students in the cab and be able to generate some revenue through contract with Sierra Pacific yeah. in delivering logs to the mill. And so, um, being able to do that, there is a revenue stream that goes right back into the operational side of the program. And, you know, really our goal is to move enough logs. Down the mountain into one of the mills um, every semester to cover our fuel for both the um, the the trucks as well as all of the heavy equipment and to you know cover consumables and um, lube grease those sorts of things. So yeah. mm-hmm. so far we've been fairly successful with that. We were able to get the loggers broad form and um, our industry partners were again a key factor in being able to um, kind of you know, promote our program and to give some perspective as to, it's probably one of the safest things out there because there's so many eyes on it. Yeah. (laughs) So from the insurer's perspective, from those underwriters perspective that's saying, Hey, you have no history. We can't, you have no history of operating this. So it's a huge risk. Um, we were able to have those industry partners come alongside and say, you know what, there is going to be an industry person there. Like, Nine times out of ten, all the time, and they have folks that are on staff that are um, that do have that that kind of
0: experience. Yeah, they're so, not just um, winging it.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're not just winging it. We're not just putting students in these pieces of equipment and saying, "Here, go for it." it that's a little scary, um, no, they. It's very closely closely watched and all eyes are on it. Cal Fire's eyes are on it all the time. Our industry partner's (laughs) eyes are on it all the time. So, um, very safe. So we were able to make that successful argument. We got our loggers broad form. Um, and we were issued in summer of 2020, we were issued a temper operators license through Cal Fire. Um, so we are actually an LTO And again, our industry partners, like we joke about this all the time. It's like, you never have, we're never competing with you. Like we have been working on the same unit for two semesters. Like you would (laughs) be done with it in three weeks. Like it's fine. (laughs) But no, they are all very much in support of it because they do understand Um, And they have advocated, it was actually through our advisory committees, which those industry partners sit on, that they were like, you need to figure out how to, how to be able to, you know, get paid for the little bit of, of, you know, logs that you are producing so that you can put that back into your program because the grant funds eventually will, you know, be be spent and then you still have an expensive program to run so um so that is working great I'm really excited when I looked at it took a look at the last couple of semesters we've we've met our goals and we've covered our fuel costs and that's really all that we are looking to do is if we can just cover those operational great uh, costs going forward
0: we want to thank our sponsors, the Pacific Forest Foundation and the Pacific Logging Congress, as well as Timber West Magazine for making this podcast possible. And we also want to thank Becky Rowe for taking time out to be part of Talking Timber. Until next time, take care.